right. Welcome back, dear listeners. Today is a bit of a different side of St. Fleur than you're used to seeing with a different cast than normal. If you didn't check out the episode description already and you don't know, today we are playing Monster Hearts 2. And I am joined by four lovely people who is, does everyone want to go around and introduce themselves? Uh, hi, my name is Susanna. I'm the keeper of the Thornvale podcast, which is a monster of the week show, which is a, um, a basically a monster hunting show. So if you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Supernatural, that kind of thing with a dark edge to it, that's kind of my wheelhouse. I also run the Dragon Knights One-Shots, which is a Twitch show based in the same universe, and I have a book series that's called Deep Hollow that is also based in the same universe, but is a surrounds teenagers instead of mostly adults. So I'm busy. Hi, I'm Jory. I am one of the players on Many Realms. We're an actual play podcast that focus on short campaigns in as many uh, systems that we can possibly try. We're trying to get, catch them all. If you like St. Fleur, you might like our current arc, which is Lakeshore, also an Urban Shadows campaign, also on a Great Lake, if that's your thing. We post episodes every two weeks. Come check us out at the Realm Class at the Realms Cast on whatever social media you can think of. Uh, hello, I am Derek from Rolling Misadventures, a podcast that is an actual play of a bunch of other podcasters getting together to play the game Fiasco. And all of our episode arcs, our story arcs, are set in two episode lengths. So basically every month. We're hopping between brand new settings, brand new characters, so you can hop in and out with whatever suits your fancy, whether that be a gay cowboy love triangle, a mobster family drama, or, you know, sometimes X-Files, Goosebumps, and even Haunted Carnival Cruise Lines. It's kind of all over the place, uh, but you can find all of that at rollingmisadventures.com. I'm Graham. Uh, I am on a podcast called The Roll Less Taken, which is roll spelled with an E. Uh, we also do just a whole bunch of different systems, usually looking for sort of less common ones in the podcast world. Uh, currently, I am playing, let's see, depending on when this comes out, I will either be Cobalt Parallax, the brooding hacker in our boy problems arc, or Finch, uh, who I refer to as the Wonder Boy in our roulette arc. Uh, and previously, I did a game called Weave, where I was the MC, although technically there were storytellers in that one for a game called Weave Solar Age, and it was all space hijinks. And if you're wondering how such a wonderful group of people managed to find each other, you should go check out Cast Chunky. So as I said, today we are playing Monster Hearts 2. Monster Hearts 2 is written and designed by Avery Alder. It is a Powered by the Apocalypse system that is about the messy lives of supernatural teenagers. So it fits so wonderfully as something really high drama and a little different than what we're normally doing here. And I thought this would be just a great thing to get to play with a group of other podcasters. We're going to probably be a little ridiculous with it. So I hope you all enjoy. And let's start with introducing everybody's characters and what skin you're playing. And then if you want to go ahead and let us know what all of your little tags at the top of your character sheet are. I'm playing Sydney the Selkie. Um, she, her pronouns 
the Selkie skin is all about like homesickness and I want to be in the sea, but I can't. And that kind of dichotomy. There's a few overlaps with being a siren, but I feel like that's something we can play with. That might be cool. Um, for like my look, I didn't really, this one doesn't have like all the like options that you can tick like this, um, the Selkie character sheet is one of the original uh, Monster Hearts character sheet. I should say it was written by uh, T- Jackson Tegu, I believe it's pronounced. I went for like a wayfish look, a very like thin, kind of sickly looking person. Always a little bit here. Yeah, be- bedraggled is one of the words that is here that I think would be great. Um, of the aisle eyes, I'm going to say far away eyes. And for the origin, hmm. Well, the origin, I kind of had the idea of her being a bit of a new kid um, because she's used to being from like a sea town. Like I was imagining maritime small town somewhere there. And now she's forced to live in the big city by this lake. Just sort of it's not as good as the ocean. You can't smell the salt in the air. She's really kind of shitty about it because she's a teen. Um, (laughs) I was going to say it is a freshwater lake. (laughs) It is a freshwater lake. She hates it. She was forced away from the sea by her situation. Her dad got a job. All right. Derek, do you want to introduce your character? Sure. I am playing Chase Bellows with pronouns he, him. And I am playing the Infernal. Uh, Chase has quiet, calculating eyes with a last chance or origin. Basically, he is new to the town. He's been there a few months, I feel figure but at his previous school that he was at he was very much the nerdy bookworm picked on type of character uh, as he has come to this new town for some sort of uh, reason I'm not entirely sure on but something happened at the last school that caused him to need to move need to move to this new school and as such he has decided to redefine himself with uh, his bond to the dark one his dark power. I like it. Uh, what is his look and origin? Uh, his look, he has, he's more of a quiet, still a little reserved because he doesn't know who he can trust here. Uh, but he does have very calculating eyes. He's always watching everyone around him. And his origin, uh, according to the skin, it is last chancer because odds are if he does whatever he did at the last place he was at, he's not going to have another chance. I like it. Got some dark mystery going on there. Definitely won't come up at all. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> uh, but that being said, I do need one more string with somebody's character. Yeah, do you want to go ahead and do your backstory thing right now? Or I was thinking we could introduce and then swing back or through and do backstories. Yeah, we could. I can wait on it. Awesome. Graham. So I am Tuesday Morel. Uh, he he, him pronouns. He's a hollow, which is sort of a skin all about like identity and figuring out who you are and how you fit into the wider world. Uh, he looks disheveled. I'm kind of picturing like he he knows what clothes are for, but doesn't really know anything about like color theory or like how to look fashionable. So he's just wearing, you know, the first three pieces of clothing that he could find, like that sort of thing. Uh, and he's got sort of an earnest face, uh, very guileless looking and uh, very wide-eyed. Um, and his origin is uh, he was once a toy. That's kind of what the fiction of this whole skin is about. An animated marionette is what I went with. He's uh, 
who's sort of called into being as part of an army of marionettes by a dark wizard uh, who was trying to defend her lair. When she was defeated, he gained sentient, like his own independent sentience, rebuilt himself from the parts of his fallen comrades, and then kind of went out to figure out what it means to be a, a conscious entity. Uh, has taught himself how to speak. The way he speaks is also a little funky, like he's encountering every word for the first time and isn't sure how it fits with the rest of the sentence. And um, he's watched a, like a bunch of TV and read a bunch of books and has figured out that basically if he, if he needs to figure out what he's going to do with the rest of his life, he needs an education. So he is planning on attending high school regardless of whether he's enrolled. And St. Fleur's just weird enough that that gets ignored. All right, cool. Uh, hi, I am Talia Mathias. Um, I am playing the queen. My character is a siren. And she kind of has this like manipulation over people by touching them or talking to them. And everyone's basically fine with it because she's also super hot. So <laughs> because of that, my, um, my tags are hot, two, cold, one, volatile, negative one, and dark, negative one. So I'm not so good at the punching, but I have three. I have what's called a click. So in my click is Jeffrey. He is a senior and he's my boyfriend. He's kind of on the like, like he loves me and I love him, but I have a reputation to uphold. So I kind of, I kind of am okay with like flirting with everyone else. And he's not like super okay with that, but you know, siren. And then um, I also have uh, my best friend, Annika, and she's just kind of like my, my buddy that I've had since I was like really young, you know, since like grade school and kind of all, always stayed together. She looks up to me like a lot. And I also have uh, Jeffrey's sister, Jennifer, is also part of our gang. She's kind of like a second class gang member. <laughs> <laughs> that way, like she's just hanging at tagging along because Jeffrey's there, basically. And I have one string on all of those people. And then what is your look and origin? Yeah, so my look is, I kind of went into a little more detail than the thing described, but my main stat is stunning because it was an option. I thought it fit the character. I am a blonde with slate gray calculating eyes. And my origin is most popular. And then let's go through everyone's backstory. So I know we just got a little bit of Talia's backstory because she has strings on all of her gang members. Does anybody have any inspiration after hearing everyone's characters intros on who they'd like to use for a backstory item? I think mine would be Tuesday because you as a hollow, I probably wouldn't be able to affect you. Hmm. That's you a know? good point. Like with my, my normal siren abilities. So I think I would find that extremely threatening. I was also thinking one of my backstory options is that someone has seen through my invented past and realized that it's all lies. And I was thinking that um, as you sort of got this this position at the top of the the school hierarchy, you might, you know, be just calculating enough to realize that, you know, every time someone is like, oh, I'm from out of town and I'm a new kid. And I'm like, yes, me too. <laughs> that you're like, hmm. I think... I would be able to know that you are a hollow. Yeah, I'd, I think I'd just buy based that. on my abilities and not being able to affect you, I think I would know you were a hollow. So, um, do I get strings from you for your thing? So, yeah, you get one string from me. Okay, and you get two on me for seeing through my lies. 
the uh, selkie skin has a mechanic where I have a pelt that pe you can steal, people can steal. Um, what the pelt is, is I can put it on and that's when I appear as a seal and I take it off and I'm a human. So one of my backstory elements is someone stole my pelt withholding it from me to make me their errand boy. They said they'll give it back, uh, gain a string on one another, and they say the first task they've given you. I think it would be interesting to have the Infernal have my pelt just because you're probably up to no good and hijinks are fun. But I don't know why you might have my pelt. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out why I would because... Your dark patron told you to. Well, either that or... So with my backstory, uh, I have one string that I have to give out that it's someone thinking that they can save me. I'm wondering if maybe you had offered the pelt. Tragic mm. romance. Ooh. Love that. <laughs> As maybe a quick getaway, and I just refuse to give it back at this point. Mm. <laughs> so I, like, want to save you. I know about your patron. I want to save you from, like, this whatever thing. So I gave you my pelt as, like, a bargaining chip, and now you're taking advantage of it? Yes. So that Awesome. Way, that sucks for me. You could have a string on me as well. Yeah. Well, you get um, – for mine gives us a string on each other, so that gives me two strings on you and you one string on me. Perfect. Awesome. Love it. That's awesome. Um, the other one that I've got is that I've been taking social cues from someone and doing so has taught me a lot about them. Um, and I was kind of thinking uh, Chase, because um, as someone who doesn't know what he is, I've probably identified that like my physicality most lines up with Chase's. So I've probably been kind of watching him from afar and like trying to emulate him in a way, as dangerous as that sounds. Okay. So I get uh, two strings on you. My other one, I don't really, um, it's, you've seen someone swimming, but they don't, but they either didn't see it or didn't recognize you, gain a string on them. I'm not totally sure what the um, ramifications of me seeing someone swimming is. So I don't know if I can just like nix it and just stick with the one string for now, unless somebody has. Swimming? Yeah, it's a little weird. Is that a euphemism for something? <laughs> I think it can, it's monster hearts. It can be whatever we want. Um, it's monster hearts. It's messy. It's sexy, and it's gay. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I, I will just throw this out there. But as uh, Talia is a siren, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we both have water. Stuff water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like the water. <clears throat> yeah, you're welcome to have one on me if you want to. I swim a lot, I imagine. I have to keep my physique strong, you know? Sure. I don't totally... I will... We can figure out what it means that I've seen you swimming as we go. <laughs> but I, all I have is string on you then. You right, know sure. about her secret trance You know that she tattoo. likes to swim. <laughs> I, I do want to make it clear that everyone knows I'm a siren. Like, it's an open secret. Like, I don't talk about it, but, like, I am obviously a siren i think uh tuesday is probably trying to pass as a human with probably varying degrees of success so is um sydney similar i don't think she wants people to know she's a literal seal <laughs> all right so our scene opens outside of one of saint fleur's multiple high schools this one's on the north side of downtown not too far from the shore and we go inside to where the final period of the day is taking place, which is homeroom. Uh, we get a quick glance around your homeroom classroom. Some of your other classmates are there. 
Annalie Freeman is most noticeable. She's a girl sitting on her desk chatting with a few others, uh, has a lacrosse stick sitting up against her legs. Also noticeable is Nicholas Margaret, who is uh, hiding in the back of the classroom, his nose dug into a book. Where does everyone sit during homeroom? Nicholas is the nerd. Yes, he's he's tall and shy and doesn't have a lot of friends. Excellent. I sit next to him. Sydney's a back of the classroom gal. I think she's like doodling and staring dreamily out the window and hoping her teacher doesn't notice. Yeah, I think Chase is more of a maybe not very back row, but the row right in front of it, just because, hey, I sat up front all these other times and it didn't work well. So I'm going to be the cool kid sitting in the back. Um, I don't think I mean, Tuesday doesn't have an assigned seat. So he just sort of like appears in the classroom when nobody's looking, just kind of somewhere in the middle of the room. Your teacher had to step out of the room right now. There's like instructions on the board that you're supposed to be sitting and studying, but it's the last week of school. Springtime has hit. It's warm outside. A lot of people just don't care at this point. So there's just a lot of goofing around going on during this homeroom. And uh, Talia, Anna Lee comes up to you, like her hands on her hips. But you two, I think, have a little bit of a contentious relationship because you're both top bitch types. And uh, she looks you up and down and says, so I'm throwing a party tonight um, on the part of the beach that my parents own. And I was wondering if you wanted to come. I mean, how could I not? Good. It's at eight. Gonna have a bonfire. It'll be great. Bring all of your gang. And she rolls her eyes as she says that. And anyone else you want to bring. Words going around school, but I figured you'd throw a fit if the invitation didn't come straight from me. I just smile at her. She flips her hair slightly, stalks back over to her desk where... A few of her own cronies are gathering around, whispering. But you've been invited to the party. Sounds good to me. Are you going to invite anybody else? I mean, obviously, she told you to bring your, your your boyfriend and his kid sister and your friend. Yeah. Hmm. Do I know? I'm trying to figure out if I know that Sydney is a sealed person. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think if you this this string that I have, I think explicitly says that you don't. I was just thinking, like, I think my character thinks it would be really funny to bring the seal person to the beach party. The seal person's already going to be at the beach, I think, regardless of whether or not she's invited. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I feel like I wouldn't invite anyone other than that. Like anyone who's anyone who's anyone is going to be there anyways. So I'm not going to specifically bring other people other than my three. All right. Tuesday, as you kind of just appear in the middle of the class somehow, the person who sits next to you, their name is Jordan, and they're scribbling poetry in their book, uh, in their notebook, and they have a, like, half-eaten apple sitting on their desk. Um, yeah, without... Like, without even acknowledging or greeting him, or them, them. Them. They them. Tuesday just, like, picks up the apple and looks at them and goes, Excuse me, how is this consumed? Does it need to be peeled? And, like, cocks his head a little bit. Uh, Jordan looks up at you and is, like, 
caught off guard, didn't even hear you approaching, and is like, I I mean, you you can peel it, dude, but you don't have to. That is good. He just takes a big bite of someone else's apple. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, dude, you can have my apple. Thank you. And Jordan just like closes their notebook and uh, walks over to somebody else (laughs) in the room and like leans over and whispers something in their ear. They're both kind of like, what the fuck (laughs) just happened? (laughs) So I stand up. And I walk over to Tuesday. Does Tuesday call? He just quietly eats his apple at you. Is, is he is he called Tuesday? Is that like his actual name? Yeah. Okay. I walk over to Tuesday and I say, "Hi, Tuesday." And I pat him on the sh- on the arm a little bit and I say, "I just wanted to let you know that there's a party at Annalise's house, and she really wants you to come because I think it'd be hilarious." <laughs> If this guy shows up and tries to party. I think with like a mouth partially full of apple, he goes, oh, I have never been to a party before. Well, that's okay. Well, when? I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Here's the, here's the location. It's at eight o'clock tonight. Excellent. Thank you. I will be there. Excellent. He just quietly finishes his apple. I go back to sitting down. <laughs> Chase, as all of this is going on, the girl who sits in the back with you, Charlie Rosenberg, like flips one of those. You know what? This is going to be outdated because teenagers don't do this anymore. I'm sure <laughs> flips one of those like uh, paper football notes onto your desk. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Chase opens the note. And, and reads it quietly to himself. It is basically asking if you will go to Annalise's party with her because you seem like the most interesting guy in class and she's bored. <laughs> um, can I see this happening? And I'm terribly jealous. I, yeah, mostly I like, I think I'm sitting next to Chase because I'm also in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm peering over your shoulder at this note. And I'm like, who was this? Charlie? Charlie. Charlie Rosenberg. She's sh- short and kind of wiry. And she gets into a lot of fights. She okay. does. She has a reputation. She does have a reputation. Um, I whisper over to Chase. Are you sure you want to go with her? I mean, no one else asked me. And else? It's a party. You don't have to go with someone. Meet people there. Mingle. Mix. Oh, because that's worked so well around this boring ass high school at least this way i have somebody to talk to i don't know annalee might know some cool people outside from like whatever rich people stuff she gets up to i mean i there's nothing saying that you know i have to be sticking around her the whole time all right all right fine go with charlie get into fights that's what i know about her (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, Chase just kind of looks up at uh, at Sydney. You also have to give me a uh, task to do for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I have an idea for this. So uh, Chase just kind of blankly looks at, at you and looks back down at the note, writes a quick response saying, yes, I'll go to the party with you. Ugh. 
back to Charlie, folds the note back up and hands it to you. Can you walk that over to her? I feel like you might have just shut someone down. (laughs) As long as, I don't know if you all have the basic move sheet open in front of you, but this feels like shutting someone down to me. (laughs) All right. So when you shut someone down, roll with cold. All right. All right. So that is an eight partial success. So on a seven to nine, you get to choose one from the list, but you come across poorly and they give you a condition in return. So conditions in this game are kind of abstract. You can, they're kind of like what sort of rumors would be going around about somebody. So you could say that someone's condition is that like they're cold hearted. Rude. For example. (laughs) And what's great about people having conditions is you can take advantage of them to, um, add a plus one to your role. So if, you know, somebody is cold-hearted and you're, um, you know, that's a bad example. I'll come up with a better example at some point, but if there's a way that you can fiction it so that the condition works to make your role more effective, you get to add a plus one. But I get to give you a condition, right? Or no, you give me a condition. You both, well, okay, you do get to give a condition because on a seven to nine, he came across poorly. Mm-hmm. And then he gets to choose one from the list. In addition to that, um, you also have the option to refuse to give me back my pelt if I achieve this task, which I think I will probably do a pretty okay job of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so you can either give it back to me and then we don't have any strings on each other or you can refuse to give it back and then I get another string on you. But then I'm, you still can kind of make me do whatever you want, just so you know. Okay. Um, so no, there's no sample condition list. I'm going to Google real quick. In Monster Hearts, it can be basically like, you're like spread, it's spreading rumors. It can be like, like I'm thinking if you refuse to give me back my pelt, I'll be like unreliable or like, like, like something like that. It can also be like meaner or less mean. It's basically like a label on them. Yeah. I guess in an example, um, we once in a previous game had like a girl just smell bad and that was her thing. (laughs) Oh, well, I'm thinking because it's a partial success. If I were to give you a condition, I would say it would be timid. Okay, that's good. So I'm shy. Uh, I think that's true. Yeah, at least towards uh, Chase right now, because you're Mm -hmm. still doing the thing, even though you're jealous of. Yeah. Of the other person. Sure. So I'm going to give Charlie your note. I'm like, I don't know why he couldn't have given this to you himself. He's literally two feet away from you, but whatever. Um, Charlie just smiles at you. (laughs) She she can tell you're jealous. Uh, Yeah, I'm not a good liar, I guess. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I don't even... I would like go back to you and like look at you expectantly. I want my freaking pelt back. I want to be a, yeah. So give it. Uh, you know what? I'll tell you what. You come to this party tonight as well, and uh, I'll make sure I bring it along with me. Ugh. Okay. So I have another string on you. What an asshole. <laughs> 100%. Chase, quick side question Did you give all three of your strings to your dark power? No, I gave two. Okay, cool. Just good to know. All right. Does anybody else have any fun homeroom digs they want to make? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm good. 
Yeah, I'm okay. I'm happy. I'm excited to go to this party. I think at some point I would like to gaze into the abyss to figure out how to do party. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. Yes, please. Gaze into the abyss to how to do party in the middle of this classroom. What does it look like while you're gazing into the abyss? I assume he just, uh, I think Tuesday just like stares out the window and his, like his eyes and face go completely blank, but almost instead of just like when somebody's staring off into the middle distance with a thousand yard stares, his face becomes a little bit like takes on the sheen of porcelain. Ooh, I like it. And then he zones back in and becomes humanoid again. So let's roll with dark. Yes. And you're looking for how to party, correct? Yes. How does how does one do party? All right, so you got a seven. Yep. So on a seven to nine, the abyss shows you confusing and alarming visions, but you get your answer <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> I was super hoping for that, actually. <laughs> so Tuesday, you uh, stare off into the distance, and as we see your face go porcelain, our camera shifts to show the beach this evening the sun is starting to set a beautiful bright red sunrise on the lake and you see all of the people who you've come to know there and then like almost like a record scratch it suddenly shifts to later that night um there's smoke everywhere you can hear screams and you're not sure if they're happy or scared Music is pounding loud. You see people's bodies bumping up against each other. um, And you kind of taste blood in your mouth, which is real weird because you don't have blood. (laughs) And then you shift back into where you're sitting in your spot. Okay. Tuesday just kind of like, hmm, parties seem weird. And shrugs. Um, And I think as you shift back into your spot, we hear the bell ring signaling the end of the day, right as your teacher steps in, yells something about, don't forget that you have exams starting on Monday, but nobody listens to them. Terrible. Monday. Monday is not my name. <laughs> <laughs> How do you all get home? Who takes the bus? Who's driving? Who has the good old uh, Shoelace Express? What? Walking. Walking. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dumb. Okay. Uh, My boyfriend Jeffrey picks me up in his car. Ooh, what does he drive? He has a restored uh, 1967 um, Chevy. Damn. Uh, What's the name of the specific car? I forgot the name. Impala. Nice. All right. So we see uh, Talia getting into the car with her boyfriend. Is the rest of your gang in that car as well? Like, is he giving all of them a ride? He, we, I think probably Annika goes home on her own, but we're going to go pick up uh, Jennifer from her. She, I think she goes to a different school. So, ah, nice. Like it. She's like a smart kid. So she goes to like a prep school. So Mm. we're going to go pick up her on the way home. They get out a little bit later than we do. Oh, yeah. Instead of you all at the crappy public school. (laughs) I think Tuesday walks because he's not really sure how buses work. (laughs) All right. So we get that shot of Tuesday starting to walk to wherever Tuesday currently stays. <laughs> I don't think um, Sydney goes home. I think it, um, Sydney goes straight to the lake. Do you have a car? Do you ride a bike? I probably take the bus. No, maybe I bike. I like biking. That's All better. right. All right. Yeah. So we get the shot of Sydney 
hopping on her bike and starting to cycle out towards the lake. I think Chase is going to look around to see if he can bum a ride from anyone. He doesn't want to walk home. Conveniently, as Chase is waiting around, Charlie pulls up. She has, it's not a super nice convertible. It's a pretty crappy used convertible, to be honest. But it's a convertible with the top down. And she just like pulls up and throws the door open. Yeah, no questions asked. Uh, Chase sits down in the uh, passenger seat next to her. All right. And I think we're going to shift back first to Talia and Jeffrey, who are driving into the um, fancier neighborhood to the north, the North View, uh, to pick up Jeffrey's sister. Yeah. So I'm just kind of chatting with him like, how was your day? How did you do on that test? I know you were really worried about it. You know, like that kind of thing. Oh, you know, I I think I did okay. It'll it shouldn't cost me my uh, soccer scholarship, at least. Well, that's sorry. Good. He's a soccer player now. I hope that's okay. <laughs> I was thinking football player, but I like All soccer right. player. We can switch to football if you want to. No, no, it's okay. Soccer players have really nice legs. <laughs> <laughs> Worried about the important thing. Of course. Um, how was your day, babe? Uh, it was good. There's going to be a party this evening. And I was wondering if you were free. You don't have any studying to do, do you? I, yeah, of course I'm free. Anything for you. Of course. And I reach out and, and kind of like just pat the side of his leg as he drives. And I'm kind of giving him this like happy feeling as I do. And I can, as I touch him, I can tell that he is really happy to be with me because I have a telepathic connection with all of my gang members. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say you're turning someone on? You might be a little bit here. I mean, I can't control. <laughs> Not too much. We do have to pick his sister up in like you know, 10 minutes. But like a little bit. But like a, a little, little bit. bit. Like enough that... You might roll to turn someone on. <laughs> sure. Uh, that's hot. I'm good at that. Yep, that's hot. <laughs> I have a partial success. So on a seven to nine, they can either give you a string or choose one of the reactions. I think you just get another string on him. Okay. Like his ears turn bright red and he looks away. Very just like awkwardly. Yeah, that sounds good. I smile to myself and, you know, keep driving along. What music's playing? What are you all listening to? Ooh, that's a hard question. It's a very I'm good not question. musically, like... <laughs> um, Imagine what Dragon. genre? <laughs> oh, Imagine Dragons. All right. Yeah, it's so every genre. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's his favorite music. It's his favorite band. Aw, that's so, sweet. It's not exactly my thing, but, like, he loves it, so... Um, and we get that shot of the two of you pulling up to prep school and his sister hopping in to the back seat before you all head home. And I greet her, say hello, how's it going? How was your day? How was your nerd school? <laughs> Do you ask it like that? How was your nerd school? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> she she wants you to think she's cool. You can tell because of the sidekick connection. She wants you to think she's cool. And she's like, oh, you know, it was just dumb nerd stuff. But you can also tell that, like, she learned something really cool in chemistry and, like, kind of wants to talk about it, but doesn't want to make you think that she's just a bookworm. <laughs> yeah. 
So I think what I do is I tell her that I have this like really hard chemistry question and I know exactly like what she's worked on today. And I tell her that I have this like really hard chemistry question. And what, what do you think I should do? Cause she's like two years younger than Jeffrey, but she's still like a super genius. Oh yeah. She just starts like gushing and bubbling about like her big nerdy thing she did in chemistry today because it was awesome. And I just smile at Jeffrey and kind of roll my eyes a little bit. <laughs> probably keeps going the entire way we go home. Yes, definitely. Um, Tuesday, as you are, where are you staying right now? Where are you heading to? I don't know. I've been a little torn on that, but I think the the place that makes the most sense is the the Dark Wizard's lair was like in her basement. Um, so now that she's been defeated, I'm not sure whether she's still alive or whatever. Um, but he's basically squatting in her house. All so right, so you're heading like, to here. Five Points in Eldersburg. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is where all of the old wizards' torn down shambling manners are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's pretty close to downtown. Like, it's in the next neighborhood over, but it's like right up against downtown. And as you're walking, um, you notice someone else from your class who's also heading in that direction and it is um who did you steal the apple from wow my brain's just like uh, it was jordan jordan okay it's not jordan then it's uh nicholas margaret the the very quiet boy who's shy and kind of nerdy oh now i want to be his friend um so yeah i think tuesday is gonna sort of approach and just go excuse me which book is that nicholas it's like a little surprised by you suddenly appearing there, it seems to him, and seems yep. very caught off guard as he stumbles out uh, at Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I have not read that. Is it scary? Um, In a very existential crisis sort of way. Uh. Yes. I do understand existential crises. <laughs> me too. Tell me about yourself. He is so lost that he's just like, I'm the, I have an older brother and three younger sisters. <laughs> like, that's just the first thing to come out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I do not have siblings that I am aware of. Are you adopted? Yes, he says after thinking very obviously, trying to come up with a reason to not be adopted. Right. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Oh, no, it's backfired. <laughs> yes. Um, I think Tuesday is basically going to repeat the backstory for a character from some TV show he has watched. I was a little bit thinking Veronica Mars, so he's just like, I live with a dog named Backup and a bald man who is my father. <laughs> we solve mysteries together. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, when he is in town. I think you need to roll to keep your cool. <laughs> <laughs> Seems appropriate. Oh, it's with cold. I have a negative in cold. Uh, let's see how that goes. Failure. Failure. Ah. Ah, just. <laughs> All right, so that's an eight. So when you keep your cool and act despite your fear, which your fear is 
this kid's gonna realize that you are you know <laughs> what you are and roll with cold so on a seven to nine the mc will tell you how your actions would leave you vulnerable you can choose to back down or go through with it <laughs> oh boy all right nicholas is a nerd to begin with and he definitely is going to think that you are a huge nerd and also a major liar because he's seen Veronica Mars. He's not going to press you on it, but he's going to be like, hey, you're enough of a nerd to ramble that all off the top of your head. And Veronica Mars is even like current. <laughs> Season four just came out. <laughs> okay. Okay. The, and the, the wizard had it on DVD. <laughs> Um, but so what's going to leave you vulnerable is that Nicholas's opinion of you is going to kind of shift to being, oh, he's a bit of a liar and a bit of a major nerd. That seems fair. I think Tuesday is committed to this lie at this point. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, means later when somebody else asks him the same question, he's going to just like immediately come up with a different one. It'll be like the Gilmore Girls backstory. So I think that's kind of the, the little bit of the shot that we get of Tuesday on his way home. Did we cover where Tuesday lives? Yeah, in the um, abandoned manor of the crazy witch lady who created him. It's, it's next door to the Lockwood Manor. Don't worry about it. I was wondering where I was in relation. <laughs> <laughs> Sydney, so you are going ahead and biking down to the beach, right? Yes. What do you do when you get there? I want to go for a swim before it gets too cold i think so i have a swimsuit packed away i don't have my pelt which is frustrating but i'm just gonna yeah go for a swim until people start showing up and i'm gonna also maybe yeah i don't really care about what i look like at this party i just want to be as close to the water as i can that's my whole motivation here so i think you swim for a while and you notice somebody kind of just who wasn't there when you first got there, um, just sitting on the beach on a blanket has like a water bottle sitting next to him and is casually reading like the collected works of Shakespeare. Okay. But occasionally you can see him like glance up and watch you as you're swimming in the lake. And he's a boy from your homeroom. Uh, do I know his name? It is Sage Diaz. Sage Diaz. What were what's Sage Diaz's thing? He is a average height Hispanic boy, part of the drama club. Hence the collected works of Shakespeare. He's a big theater nerd. Very dramatic, but a fun dude around all around. All right, I'm gonna swim up to the shore. Hello. Hi. He looks a little embarrassed, like that you actually came up and talked to him. <laughs> You're watching me swim. What am I gonna do? Wait, are we the only two people at this beach? Are there other people around? Is it like like how what level of like uncomfortable am I? There is like a bit further down the beach, somebody has a beach volleyball game going on. But it's like kind of an isolated part that we're in right now. Yes, it is kind of an isolated part that you're in right now. There's not a ton of people um, in this direct area. Okay. Um, hmm. All right. So what you doing? 
oh, just, you know, hanging out until, um, oh, what is, what is her name? Annalise party starts. Figured I'd get some light reading in and <laughs> light reading sun. in. I mean, I've, I've read this thousands of times. I have it memorized. Oh, I, I'm so sorry. Of course. <laughs> um, all right. I guess I'm going to get up and sit next to him. Look at his book. Why are you reading it again if you've read it so many times? Um, he kind of just like rubs uh, the back of his neck in that kind of like embarrassed sort of way and just goes, I think the, the emotions in it are evocative. What's he reading? Do you know? Do you have a play in mind? Oh, what is the Twelfth Night? Is that the one where they Twelfth switch? Night? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> are you sorry? What did he say? The feelings it has is evocative or something like that. Okay. So the feelings of like, yeah, Twelfth Night hijinks. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Casually switching places with your twin. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> so Doesn't gonna... everyone relate to that? So the emotions of trading places with your twin are coming in handy. Who's your twin? Does he, do you have a twin? I'm taking this very literally. Um, I, I wouldn't call him a twin per se, but I do have a sibling. All right. I want to like do something with this. I guess I could just make a friend. That's fine. Okay. Is, is your sibling coming here? Um, no, I think he's in, oh, where is he now? Bangalore? Bangalore. How'd he get oh, there? Yeah. I guess a plane. Um, Yeah, let's call it a plane. (laughs) All right. Um, I guess I'm happy to like hang out with um, Sage. Uh, Do you want to go for a swim or you just want to hang out here and read? Um, Sure. I'll go for a swim with you. Yeah. All right. I'm going to pull him into the water with me. Let's let's go swimming. I, I love it. something. I love it. Uh, we get a couple <laughs> of shots of the two of you swimming before we finally circle back around to Chase, who's in Charlie's car. Charlie plays like metal, basically, uh, and she drives way too fast. Her sister does not approve. Her sister's in the car with us as well? No, her sister's not in the oh, car okay. with you. <laughs> Just a side comment. Her sister. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think she she probably says something about that, too. Oh, it irritates my sister to no end that I drive like this when you get in. <laughs> so, Chase, you're in the car with Charlie. She's got music blaring. She's a pretty cool chick. She gets in a lot of fights. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Charlie, you looking forward to that party tonight? Eh, I guess so. It's something to do, at least. Oh, I mean... I think I think Chase is actually going to second guess himself now, but he's just like, well, you invited me, so I figured it was something you wanted to do. Well, of course it's something I want to do, but I mean, Annalie is so Annalie. Yeah, I know. So, but you know, I figure sneak in a little bit of booze, spike the drinks when no one's looking, it'll be great. He's kind of taken aback by that. He's like, yeah. No, you're right. I think that would be a lot of fun. Right? Just go in, cause some havoc for all the popular people, and find it all really amusing. It's a good time. 
It will be. Definitely uh, make a nice story to tell afterwards. Mm-hmm. I do think a kind of awkward silence falls over the two of you in this ride. Like she was, I think she had some expectations. <laughs> okay. Um, you know what? I'm going to use one of my bargains. Yeah, I could spend one of, or I can give another string to my dark one uh, to use uncanny voices where the owner of that character will reveal a secret, either a fear, a desire, or a secret strength. Okay, I like it. Um, is there anything in particular you're going after? What are you trying to learn about Charlie through your demon patron? I want to know really what uh, Charlie's desires are for this party. How do you like commune with your demonic patron? I guess like what does this look like when you use your powers to get your dark one to do something? So in this case, it's usually just kind of a uh, stare off into space almost like gazing into the abyss. But with the fact that we had the awkward silence fall over us, he was able to just kind of look out the window, just kind of tapping his hand along with the beat of the music and just kind of watching the uh, street signs go by as he uh, hears the voices in his head. You hear a bunch of voices overlapping, your dark one's voice being the most prominent one um, that says... Her and Annalie were best friends growing up until Annalie decided she was too cool for her. She's out for revenge. Do those come through the metal music? Yes! Yes! (laughs) (laughs) He just hears it, like, in between the growls. Yep. I was assuming it was the growls, just that's how they (laughs) sounded. (laughs) They're demonic growls, and you will be key to understanding them. I love it. And if you're not going to say anything else to Charlie, I think she's going to drop you off and be like, I'll pick you up at 7.55. You're going to be late, obviously, because she's planning for you all to be late. What time does the party start? Eight. Okay. Yeah, we'll make a fashionable entrance. Cool. Wear something revealing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Charlie, go after it. And she drives off, <laughs> leaving you there maybe slightly confused. <laughs> yeah, he's just standing there, like, in front of his house. He just kind of dropped his bag next to his foot. He's just standing there with mouth agape. All right. Does anybody have anything they want to do to get ready for the party? I think I've got enough swimsuits I can pick out one. Do we get a montage of you picking out your swimsuit? Yeah, maybe maybe I, like, gather all of my people together at my house, and we're, like, hanging out and, like, pre-gaming a little bit nice i'm like going in into my i've got like a walk-in closet of course so i'm like going into my closet and coming out of the closet and trying on my bathing suit and then maybe uh maybe i think annika's probably my size so i'm like oh you do it too and and she's like okay sure and she goes and does it too and jennifer wants to but she's like four inches shorter than me so it doesn't work i think tuesday definitely invited uh nicholas to the party oh yeah nice and basically, if they didn't have anything else to do between then and the party, uh, Tuesday has gone and is just like watching any DVDs that he can find that have parties in them so he can continue to study up about what parties are. You find some um, Degrassi, the next generation DVDs? Yes. Getting ready for the party. Um, Sydney is already there. She's just making friends with Sage, I guess. 
Is Sage coming to the party or is he just there too? Yeah, Sage is coming to the party. He didn't explicitly get invited, but that's not stopping him. Yeah. It's, it's a beach. Did he know about the party? You said it was a private part of the beach, though, didn't you? Well, yeah, it's the Freeman family owns part of the beach, but like everyone at the school knows about the party and it's not like there's going to be security. So, mm. all right. Sage definitely had like some cooler with like a couple of sandwiches with him oh. and offers one to you. Thank you. I did not consider eating when I came straight here. I forgot that I had to eat. <laughs> this happens sometimes. <laughs> But yeah, I'll take the sandwich. I'll say, um, yeah, so he, he didn't like explicitly come here to come to the party. He just like came here. Um, I mean, he's planning on going to the party, probably. Like he hadn't totally made up his mind. Mm. Um, he just likes the beach. It's fun. Okay. It's a good place to read. All right. I like that. I'm going to just keep hanging out with Sage. Probably try and maybe convince him. Yeah, you should for sure stay. Like, it'll be fun. Come hang out. We'll keep swimming. It does not take too terribly much for you to convince him. Cool. All right. And Chase, are you wearing something revealing? So I think that um, he's not necessarily revealing. Like he's got on his favorite pair of camo shorts, just a uh, very tight tank top, just black band tank. And uh, also as he's packed everything up into a uh, messenger bag to bring with him, he makes sure to bring the uh, pelt as well as some of uh, pilfered liquor from his uh, dad's cabinet. We get those final shots of everyone getting ready and our camera pans to the beach where the bonfire is getting set up. As it is lit, there are embers that fill up into the air, forming the words to be continued. Dice out. Now. Game. Game. This is a 5th edition D&D actual play podcast. Decla rolls her eyes. Gorgeous sighs at the amateur. Kasni wakes back. <laughs> Darren points and laughs. You find a potato. I give you a very disapproving look. Express disdain is a camper. Kasni, help. <laughs> Maybe we're just celebrating life. Come on, shut up. Yay, the power of imagination. My clothes are innocent. Why, you bastard. Kasni sighs deeply. <laughs> I ship it. Welcome to the dumb party. Blame the dice. It's alright to blend into the night. Dawn is going naked. That sounds like an awful idea. We left him alone for one day. Yeah, you just hear a loud dong. Well, that's not uh, ominous. Isn't the sunset every single day? Yeah. No. We have a mystery to solve. Next time on Four Fools in a Chair. Kasni? Mima! Dice Out Now Game. Find us on iTunes and wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Shadows of St. Fleur's and Normally Urban Shadows actual play podcast, emceed and edited by Landon Cornell. You can find him on Twitter at super underscore Landon one. Sydney, the homesick Selkie is played by Jory from many realms who you can find on Twitter at the realms cast. Talia, the top bitch queen is played by Susanna from Thornvale who you can find on Twitter at Thornvale cast. Tuesday, the confused hollow is played by Graham from the role less taken 
who you can find on Twitter at RollLessTaken. And finally, Chase, the somewhat of a jerk infernal, is played by Derek from Rolling Misadventures, who you can find on Twitter at rmisadventures. Want to meet awesome podcasters like these and join an even awesomer Discord? Make sure to check out Cast Junkie, where you can find these podcasters and more. Monster Hearts 2 is written and designed by Avery Alder. You can find it and her other work on her website, buriedwithoutceremony.com. The intro and outro music used in this episode is Graveyard Shift by Kevin McLeod. You can find his work at incompetech.com. Farewell, dear listener. We'll see you next time you visit St. Fleur. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.